Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia. I'm joined by Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. How are you doing? Good. I brought you in as the head of consulting because I've got an interesting question for you. And it's one that we often get, you know, inquiries about people doing development programs. And they talk about doing a leadership development program. But something interesting I notice about it is it's often isolated from the work they're doing on strategy or the work they're doing on culture, if they're doing that work. And I wonder what your take is Mm -hmm. on how do you make for the most effective kind of development? And I know something that we talk about a lot is this integrated approach to development. Yeah. Right? So it's across more than one level. Yeah. So I'd love to have a chat with you. You know, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Why might it be more effective? Why should it be something that people think about? Yeah. It's a bit of a bugbear of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, passion, let me put it that way, because you've got to remember that most organizations want to do leadership development because they're looking to increase the effectiveness of their leaders. Why are they looking to do that? Because they're hoping that their leaders will be able to maximize the engagement, participation, effectiveness of their people to yep. deliver a better result for the organization. Absolutely. So it's all about, ultimately, it's about getting better results for the organizations, for the people inside it as well, for the customers, stakeholders, et cetera. So that's the reason any of this gets done, any of this investment is Mm. made. And so within that context, if you're trying to get change as someone, if you have an isolated program that only looks at leadership in and of its own, not connected to strategy or culture, then what you'll end up doing and what we find is it could even be the the best program, but you're effectively teaching or the development that you're looking for is to help leaders learn different ways of doing things. Uh. But outside of that program, they're going back to the organization that's operating in exactly the same way. And so it is very difficult for one leader to learn and reinforce the new learning, like practice new things, if all the systems and the processes and the way they're led remains the old way. Uh And so the reason why organizations need to think about the context in which they initiate leadership development is because you want want to help leaders change. You're looking for visible change, visible improved measures of effectiveness due to that change. And what we've seen, Dom, is you are much less likely to achieve that if you're running an isolated program, whereas if you run a program where the leadership work is connected to work that you're doing on culture, mm. then the system is undergoing a change, which will help. So then they'll work together to actually deliver an integrated change. Now, the reason, so one reason is you're going, these leaders are going to learn all these fantastic things that they're dying to try. They go back into the organization, Mm. nothing changes there, so they give up, okay? So when something is new, it takes effort to implement and practice. So if you're going back into a system that's the same old way, what we're finding is leaders give up on trying the new things. The other thing why it's better to be integrated is that 
when an organization is wanting to get an uplift in its performance and grow or change, you have to remove the friction. Okay. And we've talked about this before. So what I mean is the messages have to be simple about what's required. People need tools and practices that will help them deliver on that standard, that standard that's clear and simple. But if you have a program that's isolated from how the organization works every day, day day-to-day reality, you then set up a confusion. On the one hand, you've told leaders that you want them to behave in this new way, but on the other hand, you haven't touched anything else about the system. Uh And so given a choice between trying something new when everything that I see around me doesn't work, I'll probably just, it's easy for me just to do. So it sets up a point of confusion. That's what I mean by friction because it's not integrated. And so I get a mixed message about what it is the organization actually wants me to do. The rhetoric, the isolated program is telling me this, but the reality is that there's no change at all. Uh, so it's it's kind of tough. Yeah. I'm trying to do new different stuff, but it's in the same old the same old expectations are still there. Same old systems. Same old systems. So we wanted to move both of them. Yeah. Is it also the other way around? Because we're kind of talking from the leader's point of view, you know, so we're trying to develop leaders and therefore we need to move the system. What about if we're trying to change the culture but not developing the leaders? Does that apply as well in that case? Absolutely, absolutely. So leadership and culture are incredibly interrelated. Mm. And so if you're trying to change the culture, like leaders are primary carriers of culture. Of course, yeah. And you've got to remember that the leaders that you've got at a point in time when you're trying to change a culture, those leaders have successfully navigated the existing culture. The current one, yeah, that's right. So if you can't change it without the primary carriers who have reinforced the existing culture, if they don't go through a change. And in fact, in the research that we did quite some time ago, we found that the most successful organizations, the organizations that are most successful at achieving cultural transformation also achieved greater performance effectiveness are the ones that did a whole lot of work on leadership and culture at the same time. So in a lot of the time when we work with organizations, we get them to do the ideal culture, the aspirational culture, and measure the existing culture so that it gives leaders a business case for changing. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think that it's very hard to change a culture sustainably or change anything about the culture unless leaders are aware of how they have shaped the existing culture. So that research we talked about showed that organizational change happens, is preceded by individual change. So if the leaders don't change, the chances of getting change in the culture organizationally diminish. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. And it's kind of this chicken or egg kind of stuff, I guess, Either way of those yeah. conversations, if we want to help leaders change and grow and develop, we need a culture that's moving in the same direction and supporting that. If we want to change the culture, we need leaders who are moving in that direction. Yeah. So they go together. What about a team level? Mm. What about a team level? Because we work there too. Does that have any kind of connection? Does that work better? Like if you're working with individuals to then work on teamwork, how, how do yeah. you see that? To me, all of these things are all components, interrelated components of a system. So the culture is the broader system. Then you have individual leaders who lead teams. In the team, 
you've got individuals, mm. okay? There is an I in team and each individual person will have their own job, their own perspective, their own worldview. And so there is a connection. If an individual leader has been on a development program, you know, they come back, they're all excited about how they're going to build this team, but the team operates in a culture that is counteracting those leaders' Mm. efforts, then it doesn't work. And also you've got the individuals within that team that also need to understand the direction that the organization wants to go in. So I think it's all part of the same puzzle, Dom. Like if you want to create sustained growth and performance in an organization, you need to work at the individual level because that's the fundamental unit in an organization, a collective. And you've got to make sure that that individual and all the individuals are aligned in the teams that they're working. And that is aligned with the overall direction of the organization. It's got to kind of ladder up. It is nested, nested. yeah. Because I often think, you know, one of the most effective, lots of organizations want to grow a more achievement-orientated culture. And I reckon a great tool for doing that is team problem solving. Mm. Skills, you know, on the shop floor. Yeah, on the front line, kind of stuff. How do we solve problems as a team? Because it's introducing that whole cause and effect. Why yes. if it makes a difference? Yeah, kind of thinking in quite a practical sense. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking. So the leader goes gets development about self awareness and new tools for how they can lead differently. And one of those tools is problem solving. Yeah. So one of the things that sometimes get missed in cultural transformation is skill development mm. and If you've got a very passive, defensive culture, one of the ways to actually move it along, accelerate it, is to teach people good problem-solving skills. They may have forgotten that they've got it, Mm. but that's a really good tool to help people achieve, build the achievement. But also in building the achievement, you move away from the conventional and the dependent and the approval. So the individual skill development can help the team, can help the organization. What I love and what we do, Corinne, is that we've got a common language throughout all those levels. Yeah. You know, so it's the same circumplex, the same styles for an individual, for a team, for a leadership impact, for a culture, even for customers. Yeah. All right. It's the same language and stuff. And why I think that's so useful is it means when you're doing a program, if you have this integrated approach, it makes sense. Yeah. Across all those levels because it's so the connections are easy yeah. to make, right? As a leader, if I lead in this way, I have that kind of impact on my team or on the culture around me. And, you know, if the culture's like this, I can see it impacting me, vice versa. Like it's so easy to start mapping the connections between it. And it's so easy to change the lens and move mm-hmm. up to the next level because you know, if I've been on a personal journey as a leader around my own thinking style and behavioral yeah. style, I understand those styles at quite a deep level because of that. Now when we're talking about culture, I already get it, Yeah. right? Slightly different lens, mm. of course, because we're talking about an organization now. Yeah. But I get it Yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. And so that just complete alignment because it's, you know, we're talking the same language the whole time. Yeah, and I think that is, that is about... What you're wanting to do in a culture is kind of develop this kinship, you know, and one of the ways to do that is through common language because that common language becomes a shortcut 
Mm. and everybody understands. I was talking to a client recently and the CEO is saying to me that they've had a great culture mm. and they still have elements of that great culture. But what they did when they were smaller were to hire great people, great leaders uh-huh. who held the same ideas and values and it was easier to oversee and make sure that that culture got passed down. But since then, they've got this through this massive growth area. And so that culture hasn't been able to be passed on and translated as big as the organisations come. And so there's one level where the ultimate is to have a culture where you don't need systems and processes and policies, you just get it. And I think focus was a good example of Uh that where Miles and Karen were talking last year. We had a case study where they that's kind of what they're working on at the moment is how do they maintain the culture that they had when they were smaller as they start to scale up. So one of the interesting things going back to why it's important to be integrated, what made it a great culture was that the leaders who were leading the organisation in the early days had the same values and principles, agreed the processes and the systems that would reinforce the behaviours that they wanted. And it was easier to manage because they had more interaction with each other. But as the organisation gets bigger, it doesn't quite happen through osmosis anymore. It doesn't quite happen through organic, you know, catching on because the team is much bigger. It's harder to make sure that everybody's aligned, which is why you need some kind of process, especially initially of operationalizing and some scaffolding, Mm. some explicit signals and, you know, things like purpose and values and what good looks like. Eventually, hopefully you can get there to a point where it's stuck so strongly that you get the repeatability. And the other thing about that, so one of the things is sometimes people want culture just to happen and be organic, but the bigger you are, the harder it is to make sure that that happens. And so it is possible to have systems and processes in place to enable the culture to catch on, but that's not going to happen unless you've got an integration between individual leaders. The leaders are promoting an alignment within through their teams and that's cycling back up to the organisation. So I think that's the other reason, you know, is that as you get bigger, the integration helps the system move together. Mm. Yeah, so Focus Software, episode 112, <laughs> if you want to check that out. And I think they've actually just got a whole lot of funding. They uh, have. 45 yep. million or something that's in funding. Right. Awesome. Good for them, right? And they were talking in that podcast, they were talking about how do they scale it to the next level yeah. from a culture point of view as well as a business point of view. And I think that's a great point. You talked about the hiring new people and stuff. Mm. And how often have we seen... It's like, we're going to hire this new leader and they're going to change the culture. But more often than not, the culture changes them. And this is kind of to our point that you need to move both of them at the same together. They kind of go on lockstep. Yeah, that's a great example. And sometimes the culture has an allergic reaction or I call it organ rejection. To the new leader. To the new leader. So they've been deliberately hired to bring in a change but the existing culture is so strong and there's nothing else being done to work on the culture. It's just on the will of this. It's the hero approach. This single person will come in and fix everything, but then the culture, the organisation has an organ organ rejection and 
it doesn't work and it happens, you know, yeah. like it, it will happen. So I call it the hero approach because you're, you're putting all your eggs in one individual and they just cannot, it's not enough to change a whole system. Mm. They need support. Yeah, need support and they need a lot more followers who are prepared to, you know, to join in and help make the change happen. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess the point of this conversation partly was the times I've really seen lots of movement on any of these individual, you know, whether it's individuals or culture or teams or whatever, is when we've got a coherent approach between them all and we're actually trying to move them across the board because they're kind of different levels, right? It's like the dance floor, the mezzanine, and I don't know, the the (laughs) corporate box or something, I don't know, the opera box, I don't know. But different levels all actually have to move at the same time. Otherwise, we're out of step with each other. Yeah, that's Um, exactly right. And it's when you're out of step that you lose time uh, and that you lose efficiency and you lose effectiveness. And people get frustrated, so they get a bit demoralised. And that's what we're talking about. You want to take the friction out. You want to keep it simple, but you want to work. You want to have common language. You want to have some clear standards. uh, that integrate individual behaviour with team behaviour with organisational level standards and values. Spot on. I think that's that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? It is. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Corinne. Thanks for your insights on an integrated approach to development. Pleasure. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyright by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.